0: Well, Today in the Gospel, we hear a story that we actually rarely hear in church, and that's because it's one of three options for the Gospel on this, the second Sunday of Christmas in our lectionary, and the second Sunday after Christmas only occurs irregularly because of when the Feast of the Epiphany falls. In any case, it's a good enough reason for us to choose this option for today's Gospel and it really is a story about the main theme of this Christmas season, and that is incarnation. Now, questions often come up, as they did in this week's Bible study group on Friday, about whether Jesus knew that he was the Messiah or not, particularly when he was young. Was he all knowing and all powerful? Or was he a human like all of us with the same limitations and struggles? Now, as Christian thinking about who Jesus was evolved over the first few centuries, the councils of the church wanted to get this right. It wasn't until 451 A.D. at the Fourth Ecumenical Council in Chalcedon that the church leaders, after much debate over the course of a month or more, issued their final statement that Jesus is, quote, perfect both in deity and in humanness this selfsame one is also actually God and actually human. Two natures, one being, fully human, fully divine. And indeed, throughout the accounts of his life in the four gospels, we see both a very human Jesus who lived, breathed, grew hungry, felt desire, felt pain, all the things we experience as human beings and one who at the very same time is totally one with God and who perfectly embodies the essence of God's very own nature. In the story we hear today from Luke's Gospel, we see a very human Jesus in the context of his very human family. It is a portrait of the often fraught familial relationships between parents and children, and between the parents themselves, Sometimes, as frustrations arise, emotions come to the surface and are expressed, and families have to learn sometimes the hard way how to live together in the midst of conflict and the challenges of growing up, and especially the kind of adolescent boundary stretching that is part of all of our experience, whether as adolescents or as parents. There's a 14th century painting by Simone Martini that gives us a visual depiction of the very human familial relationships in this particular story. I wish I had a big example of it to hold up so you could see it right now. Uh, All three members of the Holy Family have the artistic halo or nimbus surrounding their heads, the radiant disc indicating their holiness. But the facial expressions show a very well human side of them. Mary's gaze is fixed on Jesus with a look of stern maternal anger, arms crossed in front of her as if to say, what were you thinking? You weren't thinking of anyone but yourself, apparently. Can you imagine how I've been feeling these last three days? Twelve year old Jesus has a hand reached out to her as if to say, but mom, you've got to let me grow up and be myself. Just because I said you ha- I had to be about my father's business doesn't mean I don't care about you. And then there's Joseph standing between them, slightly behind Mary, looking toward her, furrowed brow, hand outstretched toward Jesus as if to say, but Mary, don't be so harsh. We've got to let him grow up. Any of this sound familiar? Oh, boy. The roles can change and the personalities might be different, but the dynamics of living in a family with different generations and different personalities and sometimes different worldviews or even basic values can be, well, a challenge. Long before Jesus would go off into the wilderness where his love for God would be put to the test or out into his ministry in the world with outcasts and sinners and Samaritans where his love of neighbor would be tested. He had to live in a family where his love for those closest to him would be, yes, tested and shaped and formed. Families are our laboratory for the practice of love. If we are fortunate to grow up in one where that love is modeled for us by parents, maybe even siblings, uh, it's fortunate that we have that. Not everybody does. It's often not quite that simple, and even in our families we have to learn the hard lessons of love, even in healthy families, forged in the furnace of conflict and maybe even abuse. All of this is what we mean when we talk about Incarnation, a nice Latin-derived word meaning in the flesh. What we celebrate in this season of the Incarnation is the eternal word of God becoming flesh. For Jesus, perhaps it was the case that his love of God came most naturally, as he seemingly with great comfort sat as a 12-year-old among the priests and scholars and the temple, discussing with them, questioning and learning from them, Even that was tested as he faced the spiritual challenges in his temptation in the wilderness many years later. But love of God can feel like such an abstract, ethereal, philosophical, and transcendent proposition. The challenge is to embody that love also in the flesh. His love of his very human neighbors, beginning with family, had to be shaped in the cauldron of day-to-day life, growing up, dealing with parents who didn't understand, dealing with adolescent changes in the body and the emotions, and then, in adult life, dealing with people who were different than he was, whether from their religious or tribal or socioeconomic or class background, their lifestyles and vocations some of them downright unsavory characters. It was there in all of these that the lesson of love had to be learned and shaped and, yes, embodied. It's no less true for all of us, of course. We can proclaim our love of God and our love of neighbor as we do here each week, but then it all gets put to the test. Someone cuts you off on I-5 or gossips about you at work. Maybe a neighbor makes your life miserable with constant unneighborly comments or actions. We become frustrated and we start giving up on people, at least the difficult ones. How could anyone ever love that person? But loving actions must come from loving beings. If we rush too quickly just to do the loving thing without it coming from a heart of love, it's just too difficult. It's even exhausting. And we end up settling for loving when it is convenient and not when it is not. Thich Nhat Hanh, the Vietnamese Buddhist monk, says that we have a tendency to think in terms of doing and not in terms of being. We think that when we are not doing anything, we are wasting our time. But that is not true. Our time is, first of all, for us to be. To be what? To be alive, to be peaceful, to be joyful, to be loving. And that is what the world needs most. Leave it to a Buddhist monk to teach us Christians about being loving Perhaps we hear it differently when it comes from another voice. Jesus is our example of what it means to be loving, to be love. And not in some abstract way, but in the way he was with each and every person, even those who were most difficult or demanding or even demonic. As a human being, he was shaped and formed as we all must be, but centered in the divine nature that was his and that is ours as people made in the image and likeness of God. He reveals in his life, in the flesh, what we all are in our truest nature, once we have shed the selfish interests, the ego mind, and all those things that distract us from who we were created to be. What about Mary, mother of an almost teenage son who was testing her? Oh yes, she felt the terror of losing a child, the frustration of feeling that he had not taken it seriously enough and only wanted to justify himself, and the sadness that perhaps she might not be the most important thing in his life. But there comes a shift, and once Mary has taken it all in, allowed the emotions to subside, and see into the eyes of her loving son, she remembers who she is and who he is. But get back on track, head for home, where we're told that Jesus was obedient to his parents, appropriately respectful and willing to be taught. And we see a less anxious Mary emerge when we are told she treasured all these things in her heart. They all learned something, grew from it, and finally lived more deeply into the loving heart of God. This season of incarnation is ours not only to adore the child in Bethlehem or the precocious adolescent in the temple or to adore his holy family as if they too did not have to engage in struggle and growth in love. It's ours to remind us also To do so ourselves and to become love in the flesh as they did. Amen.